This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. The war against sacred tradition and the deposit of the faith is kicking into high gear with Benedict XVI under continued scrutiny in the name of pushing a new church in the German synodal way and beyond. More Latin masses are being banned by bishops. More Novus Ordo Masses are being prevented from being said in a reverent manner that actually resembles Catholicism, and all of this points to what is really happening. It is the faithful Catholic who must not yield under the pressure. Despite the campaign being waged against the faithful and the faith itself, the faithful Catholic must hold to the faith regardless of what modernist Rome wants. I have for you today a couple of updates from different dioceses that emerged over the weekend, and they really point to the naked contempt the modernists have for the faithful and for the faith. And I also have some insights from one of the better bishops about the state of things that may offer some clarity in this dark and complicated time. Let's get into this. Now let's start with the better bishop I mentioned, who is Cardinal Gerhard Mueller. He was a longtime defender of Benedict's brand of the hermeneutic of continuity in Europe, and it's a position I don't personally hold to, but... I do respect him for his at least attempt at Catholic orthodoxy. And he's been a harsh critic of the hypermodernists. And he gave an interview to the very mainstream National Catholic Register, and he told us what he thinks is really going on, and I think you'll find this compelling. From the National Catholic Register, headline, Cardinal Mueller, for faithful Catholics, it's a time of tribulation and psychological terror. In an exclusive interview with the Register, the Prefect Emeritus of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith castigated the state of the Church in Germany and its synodal way process. The Cardinal doesn't hold back here, by the way, folks. Not at all. His words are something that the bishops who are too afraid to act should take note of, and the faithful who think obedience is the highest Catholic virtue should also listen very carefully to what he has to say here. Quote, Faithful Catholics are today facing a period of persecution, tribulation, and psychological terror that in an unprecedented way, is coming from within their own countries that have ancient Christian traditions, Cardinal Gerhard Mueller has observed. The German cardinal made the observation in an exclusive February 5th interview with the Register, during which he issued a blistering attack on the state of the church in Germany and the synodal way, a controversial multi-year reform process that grew out of the Ted McCarrick mess around the world. The prefect emeritus of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith said that the attacks on the faithful from within countries are coming from secularized parts of the church and frequently occur in the workplace or in schools. Now is a time of tribulation and psychological terror, and Orthodox Catholics are being persecuted, and in some countries this is culminating in martyrdom, Cardinal Mueller noted. Usually this has come from outside, but now it's from the inside in our countries that have old Christian traditions. It's a new situation. End quote. He is likening what is happening in the church now to things traditionally only seen outside of the church. Our enemies are in the gates. They have the positions of power, but they're not Catholic. Remember that. The Cardinal goes on to describe this, quote, Cardinal Mueller said many of those promoting such dissenting views are secularized people who want to keep the name Catholic, disdain the institution, and take the money, but they won't accept the teaching of the word of God. They relativize the Catholic faith, but remain with their titles, cardinals, bishops, theology professors, but in reality, they don't believe what the church is saying, he noted. And he describes such people as materialists, whose basis of belief is not in creation and revelation, but in pseudosciences. Similarly, he said the James Martin program that many of them support is totally idiotic because its neo-Gnostic mythology is absolutely against human nature, not only in a biological sense, but also in a philosophical one. End quote. After warning against their moves to ordain everyone under the sun, which is part of the program that he was referring to in that previous quote, 
Mueller gets to his point. Unfortunately, he is still a committed defender of Vatican II, and he sees this move as an attack on the council itself. Strange, but that's what he thinks. Quote, More generally, Cardinal Mueller warned of determined attacks against the sacraments, especially the Blessed Sacrament and Holy Orders. Not a few are denying the sacrificial nature of the Eucharist and the real presence, he observed. The role of the priest in the substance of the faith is in danger. He added that those pushing for these changes have no supernatural understanding, and what they are calling for is, in fact, a major anti-Vatican II movement that goes against Lumen Gentium, the Second Vatican Council's dogmatic constitution on the Church, and the Council's decree on the ministry and life of priests, Presbytorium Ordinis, on the dignity of the priestly vocation and service in the understanding of priestly celibacy. These are the same people, who, he said, who want to destroy the sacramental priesthood, firstly, by being against celibacy, then denying the supernatural institute of this sacrament. They would like to relativize the sacramental priesthood, he added, so that what is left is a social worker, leaving the identity of the priest hollowed out and vulnerable to breaking down. On February 4th, the German Synodal Way also backed an appeal to relax the celibacy requirement for priests in the Latin Church, urging that the topic be taken up in a future ecumenical council. Church leaders and lay Catholics pushing these anti-Catholic views do not believe in the Last Judgment, Cardinal Mueller contended. To them, God has to justify himself. But he warned that their judgment will be harsher, given that they have apostatized. As an apostate, that person has more guilt than someone who has never heard of the Catholic faith. End quote. And he's right in that last statement. They don't believe in the judgment of God. Because if they did, they would take what his book says seriously. But here's what the, that means and what he won't say. That means they don't have the faith. Full stop. This God of surprises, kumbaya, group hug deity they profess is not the God of our forefathers. It's something else. And they should either repent or go off and leave our institutions and serve that deity elsewhere. But they can't, for the reasons he said. So they lash out and undermine the faith. As in the two cases I have for you here, well, really three, from three different places who instituted their attacks on the traditional Mass and the Novus Ordo, when it looks even vaguely Catholic. The first comes from the dioceses of Hamilton, and as, which is up in Canada, and as Father Z notes in his blog, the letter is quite embarrassing. The bishop of that diocese gets so many basic facts wrong that it tells us more about that bishop than it does anything else. He calls Traditionis Custodis, a formal document of the, of the Magisterium of Francis the Great One, Custodis Traditionis, which I don't know what that means in Latin. One of you who are much better with Latin, please tell me what that would transliterate to, because I think it'll be funny. But he calls it Custodis Traditionis, for starters, and then he calls a, he calls it a moto proprio as opposed to what it's actually called, a motu proprio. Now, that may not sound like a big deal, but motu proprios are a kind of papal document that go back quite a long ways in church history and are canonically binding when implemented correctly. So the bishop should know better. And I'm going to read the bullet points here verbatim, so if you hear me fumble the language, those are actually typos the bishop permitted to be published. I'll also provide some of Father Z's clarifications about why all this is against canon law. From the letter, quote, as of the first Sunday of Lent, March 6th, 2022. During the celebration of the Mass, the sacred scriptures are to be proclaimed in the vernacular, English. Proclaiming the sacred scripture in Latin during the celebration of Mass is no longer permitted. This applies to all Masses within the diocese, public and private. We are currently inquiring as to which English translation of the sacred scripture we will use. Until a formal decision is made, as an interim permission, you may use the translations found in your hand missile. 
The sacrament of baptism for children is to be celebrated using the 2020 edition of the Order of Baptism of Children issued by the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. The Sacrament of Matrimony is to be celebrated using the 2017 edition of the Order of Celebrating Matrimony issued by the Canadian Catholic Bishops' Conference. Following the celebration of matrimony outside Mass, using the 1962 Missal may be celebrated. And here, Father Z says, how dumb is this? One part Novus Ordo, the other part Vedas Ordo, or the Apostolic Mass. Permission of the ordinary or his delegate must be requested and received prior to the celebration of a Misa Votiva Prosponsus or any other Mass from the 1962 Missal following the celebration of matrimony, meaning you cannot have a wedding in the, in the old form of the Mass, in the traditional Latin Mass. Third point, the Sacrament of Reconciliation, meaning the Sacrament of Penance, is to be celebrated in the vernacular, English, according to the rite issued following the Second Vatican Council. The Sacrament of the Anointing is to be celebrated in the vernacular according to the 1983 edition of the relevant document issued by the Canadian Catholic Conference of Bishops, which Father Z here calls more overreach. And then there's the celebration of two Masses on one day, where one Mass is from 1962 Missal and the other from the Missals of Popes St. Paul VI and St. John Paul II must cease. Which me And Father Z says, so much for pastoral care. Now, what that means is your priest who celebrates both forms in the Mass cannot do so anymore. This will apply mostly to the diocesan priests. This is a way to end the diocesan Latin Mass. Continuing, here's where it gets bad. As of the first Sunday of Advent, November 27th, 2022, weekday Mass must no longer be celebrated publicly according to the 1962 Missal. No more daily Latin Masses. Priests who have been granted permission to publicly celebrate according to the 1962 Missal are hereby granted permission to celebrate Mass according to the Missale Romanum in Latin ad orientum. This permission granted only to replace weekday Mass according to the 1962 Missal may not be used as a general permission. For example, if Mass was celebrated on Wednesday evening according to the 1962 Missal, then Wednesday evening Mass may be celebrated according to this permission. Any other use of permission requires the permission of the ordinary or his delegate. This is them putting a stop to the daily Mass in the old form as far as they can. Remember, they're doing this incrementally. Here, Father Z says, Priests don't need permission to celebrate in Latin and ad orientum. This is for the new Mass, by the way. The Code of Canon Law, Canon 928, the Eucharistic celebration is to be carried out in the Latin language or in another language provided that the liturgical texts have been legitimately approved. Ad orientum worship is written into the rubrics of the Mass. This is something the modernist bishops don't seem to understand or accept. Finally, Missae Defunctorum, according to the 1962 Missal, may continue, but only for the faithful who consistently and regularly participated in the celebration of the Mass according to the 1962 Missal. And Father Z asks, what does consistent and regular mean here? They never tell you. Ambiguity. What a wonderful thing. And only one Mass, according to the 1962 Missal, per community may be celebrated on any given Sunday. Think about how packed you've seen the traditional Latin Mass parishes on where they have multiple Masses on a Sunday. And now think about the logistics of this. Such loving pastoral care for the people. It's really touching. And then more typos here, but we won't get into that. The modernists really aren't promoting their best and brightest, but it gets even better because we get this from the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, where people have the general opinion that the bishop there is a defender of all things sacred tradition. Here we get an announcement from the cathedral, which is the bishop's see, and you'll hear me repeat that in a second, 
where a new draconian policy to smash reverence in the mass has been implemented. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll give you the highlights such as they are. The letter is written by Monsignor Thomas J. Fucinato, the pastor of the cathedral. Now, for those who don't know, while the cathedral is the see of the bishop, there is typically a pastor for the parish functions of the cathedral, and this is who's written the letter. And he himself just returned from working in the Roman Curia. And he worked in those offices that are working to hammer sacred tradition. But from the letter, quote, The first concerns the recently added communion rail in which addition to being out of harmony with the architecture of the cathedral is presenting challenges for the priests and the acolytes. The current communion rail is placing the dignity of the Holy Eucharist at risk due to the danger of tripping and or falling in the narrow space between rail and passageway. Upon consultation with Bishop James Connolly and the resident priests, it was therefore decided that the rail should be removed. That date has now been set for the afternoon of Monday, February 14th. At that point, parishioners will be asked to receive either standing or kneeling, at the Holy Communion stations. Secondly, in light of the recent legislation of the Holy Father regulating celebrations of the Preconciliar Liturgy, commonly referred to as the quote-unquote Old Mass, and other sacraments and the related responsa ad dubia, Bishop Conley and I have determined that, as of Saturday, February 19th, it will no longer be possible for the cathedral to host these celebrations on Saturday mornings at 8.15 a.m., this celebration of the Holy Mass and, of course, all other celebrations of the sacraments will therefore take place in accordance with the typical additions currently in force throughout the Roman Church. End quote. What that means is you now cannot get a first Saturday, five first Saturdays Mass in the traditional form, which anyone who really studies the five first Saturdays message, by the way, is, will really tell you that's what you need to be attending not in the new form. And that's done for and that's for a variety of reasons not worth going into here. But now you have one fewer option for attending the Five First Saturdays devotion. Well done, Diocese of Lincoln. Well done. And that's on top of what happened in Montana. The banning of the Mass by the Bishop in the name of Unity. As the website Latin Mass Montana describes it, Bishop Vetter chose explicitly not to invoke Canon 87, which means he chose to act to smash the faith on his own accord. That's my characterization of it, by the way, not Latin Mass Montana's for the record. Vetter never issued a formal letter, either. He used one of his hireling modernists to do his dirty work for him, which is just astonishing. Literally, Supich had more courage than that when he put his name to the written order, but then again, Supich, I'm sure, was proud of what he was doing. So from the Latin Mass Montana article on this, quote, In October 2021, Bishop Vetter met with numerous parishioners at St. Richard in Columbia Falls, who attend the 8 a.m. TLM. In the wake of Pope Francis's modu proprio, Traditionis Custodis, Bishop Vetter stated at the meeting that St. Richard is the TLM parish of the diocese and nothing will change regarding the TLM at St. Richard. Now, just a few months later, Bishop Vetter is changing his position, citing the bination rule and the dubia responses issued by Archbishop Roach in December. Bishop Vetter claims now that Rome is forcing his hand and that the clarifications from the dubia responses made him act, but the analysis of canonists and the decisions of other bishops in the U.S. and abroad contradict Bishop Vetter's position. Furthermore, Bishop Vetter's written response to our request to exercise his authority to override the bination rule using Canon 87 was, I won't grant it. This response seems to further prove the point that it is in fact his decision and not Rome's that has led to the suppression of the TLM in the Diocese of Helena. End quote. So much courage from many of our bishops that I'm going to tweak a classic saying here. 
Sacred tradition won't be destroyed with a bang, but with a whimper. The traditional Catholic movement will be driven underground because even many of the better bishops will just fold, likely because of behind-the-scenes pressures that we're simply not privy to. And the best part of all of this is this. When you report on it, when you speak publicly about it, when you quote verbatim their documents, you'll get some well-meaning defender of the better bishops coming to you who will say it's not true at all despite using their own words as a source. Get ready for it, because you can have copies of these letters to show to people and they won't believe their own lying eyes. It's going to get lonely out there as traditional Catholics, folks, so use this Lent to ready yourself for that reality. But these two things are linked. The synod of synodality and the smashing of traditions of the church. I may have a Weber warned video for you this week that points to an evil council of heretics that would be used to smash the faith. We've been warned about this from Catholic prophecy. It's from approved Catholic prophecy on the subject, and the end point is that the that the faith will be driven underground. It's where sort of the ape of the church idea comes from. So watch out for that. But until then, let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.